Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some excess baggage, so stay with us until the end. How's your week been going? <laughs> it's been going pretty quickly. I have been extremely busy. And uh, frankly, I don't want to work on any more trips that I don't want to work on. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that is the general consensus. <laughs> I remember just hopping on this call with you before our recording, and I'm just like, I, I didn't even know how to put it into words. And I, I, I'm thinking to myself, like, there are certain things I just don't want to book anymore. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to deal with that anymore. And when you were like, you just don't want to book what you don't want to book. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Even with like fees and whatever, I just don't know if there's like a fee that I can charge where certain experiences become more tolerable to me to book, if that makes sense. (laughs) Absolutely. There's a balance that you have to come up with. Um, I am definitely seeing this pattern with Travel Biz Boss. I'm talking to other advisors all the time and everyone is like, I'm going to get focused. I'm going to focus on the types of trips and the destinations that are fulfilling for me to book. We have all learned that life is short. Everything you've built can be erased in a moment or what feels like a moment. And now I think everyone's gotten their priorities a lot more sorted. And it's not like we don't want to help people. It's that we've just realized that Planning certain types of trips or certain components or these little one-offs are less, like there's more cons than pros. So it ends up that we're frustrated. Maybe our client ends up frustrated and maybe we're not adding any value to that process. So we don't want to do it anymore. I think that's fair. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. And I feel like the trips I like working on are ones that don't feel like a drag. And I don't know if you've had this experience or if any of our listeners have had this experience where there's just some inquiries coming in and, you know, they're willing to pay your fee or, you know, if you don't charge a fee, you know, you're excited to be able to have an inquiry, but you kind of dread working on it. Yeah. Like it feels like a chore. Yeah. It feels like a chore for you to look for quotes and itineraries and stuff for that particular experience. And I just don't know if I want to be dealing with that anymore. I want every trip to be, or almost every trip to be something exciting and something that I know that I can help a client with and go above and beyond for. I think that's totally fair. And I know that myself, a lot of our team and a lot of the advisors that I talk to daily are being overwhelmed with inquiries. So it's, you have to have sort of a weeding out process. We've had to restructure our fee situation here at Journeys. Um, if, if that's not the gateway, if you're overwhelmed with inquiries, then it's easy enough to just say no to this. But I think it is a good idea, and we've talked about this before, to sort of build a network of other advisors that maybe you can at least offer the person a referral because just saying, nope, forget it, is not, you're not really building a relationship there. You are maybe burning a bridge, in fact. 
So mm-hmm. if you can either off that, offer that person some assistance of some kind or refer them to another advisor who maybe is taking that kind of inquiry, is excited to work on that type of inquiry and maybe is trying to build their business. I feel like that's just good karma all the way around. Yeah. I call it pointing them in the right direction, whatever that direction might be, whether it's like, here, look at this website or here are some tips that I recommend, or let me put you in touch with someone that I know who can better assist you exactly with what you need. But I think it's important for us all to remember you can build your business the way that you want to. You don't have to say yes to everything. I understand. And I have been in the position where you felt like you had to say yes to everything in order to get food on the table. If you're in that position, your priorities might be a little bit different, but if that is not your situation, you are not doing your future self a favor by continuing a pattern of booking things that make you unhappy. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. So one of the most popular countries in Europe is now opening up. I got an inquiry this morning. Ciao, Bella. (laughs) That's all I know, really. (laughs) And it's Italy, if you guys couldn't guess. (laughs) See, before going to a country, I try really hard to learn the basic words Mm -hmm. to get around. I just think it's something to be respectful and they can usually tell that you don't know the language well and they will be considerate back and just reply in English sometimes. But I remember being in Rome with a few friends in college and I learned to ask like, where is whatever in Italian? So I think we were looking for some artist's tomb or something and he just happened to be buried in a cathedral somewhere. And so I said, dove and whatever I said about the tomb. And the gentleman responded in Italian. And I had no idea what he was saying. (laughs) (laughs) And that is my experience with the Italian language. I'm so deep in learning Spanish right now that I can't think of any of the Italian phrases I know except for il pane per favore. Or per favore, favore, yeah. Uh, Which is the bread, please. Uno piccolo gelato. One small gelato. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Travel Age West has an article out, and it is titled, How Easy Is It to Travel to Italy Right Now? And it says, Italy reopened its borders last month to U.S. travelers, but there is a catch. The country is only open to those who arrive on a sanctioned, nonstop, quote-unquote, COVID-tested flight. I think there's some confusion around exactly what that is, which it is the flight has to be nonstop. So there's certain hubs like New York, New Jersey, Atlanta, Dallas, and I guess Delta is planning to expand to Boston. So no connection. It just got to be from the hub to Italy. And there's a pretty heavy testing protocol. I think by now people are used to the testing protocol. Um, It's just whether or not being fully vaccinated will exclude you from that. But for Italy, as of now, they are still going to be requiring 
proof of a negative PCR COVID-19 test taken within 48 hours of departure, um, even if you are. And a rapid test right before departure. But apparently after July 1st, that will no longer be required, of course. Asterisk, subject to change at any time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as we all know, things can change. Even for my clients who are traveling within three or four weeks, I'm just like, you know, um, I can tell you right now what the restrictions are, but based on how quickly things are moving, you know, by the time you leave or a week before you leave, it could be completely different. So yeah, we just, I feel like I'm just pounding my clients with emails leading up to departure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just so many reminders. I feel like I'm beating them over the head. And I also put all the reminders in the itinerary builder as well. So like they can't possibly say they didn't know. Um, something interesting in this article, I thought, is that it, it said that Jack Ezon, I'm going to say, he is the founder and managing partner of a bespoke travel agency, Embark Beyond, is telling their clients they're going to need to take three COVID tests. And he's been arranging for a greeter, at least in Rome and Milan, to meet everyone he sent. And he said it costs about $400 and nobody waits in lines. He said it's a VIP arrival service he's been using for all of his Italy clients. So there have been reports of two-hour lines when you land in Rome. So a greeter is kind of necessary. Obviously not necessary if you're willing to wait, but I love this idea. I feel like there are certain things like this that it's taking me no effort to talk my clients into these days. They want the easy button. They want to wait as little as possible you're watching the news and there's these nightmarish lines. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you can find a trusted partner to book something like that through your clients are going to think you're an absolute hero. So I'm going to be going to look that up because I've got this Italy. Well, this one I'm look got for this. The the inquiry (laughs) I got this morning is not until next year. However, I do have, an FIT on the books for October. So I'm going to be going to look for this as soon as we get off the air. <laughs> yeah. The gentleman quoted in the article says that the testing is not really an inhibitor for his clients anyway. And he says, for those who are intimidated by it, I believe they're staying domestic anyway. There's just a great desire to return to the Mediterranean. It's familiar and it's international and people felt cheated last summer. So, you know, taking that into consideration, a lot of folks, they've waited long enough for their trip to Italy and they don't want to wait an additional two or three hours in line <laughs> to start their vacation. So, yeah, the conversation I've been having a lot of the time is clients will feel a little bit hesitant. What about this? What about masks? What about things being open? You know, all of the regular stuff. And I just have to say to them, If you want to go now, you have to be super flexible. You have to be ready to roll with the punches. If, Mm -hmm. if, if there's a certain part of the experience that if you miss out on it, you're going to feel like it has been a waste of money or it's going to make you miserable, then now is just not the time to go. I'm not trying to talk anybody into going now. It's like, I, Mm -hmm. I would go easily and happily without worrying, like it's going to be what it's going to be, but I'm going to be happy because I'm going to be in Italy. I don't care, you know, but a lot of people have certain criteria that they need in order to feel like it was worth the financial investment and to 
to not be miserable. And so those are people who probably aren't suited to travel under these circumstances. And I'm just super blunt about it. Like you just have to be happy that you're in Italy with a gelato in your hand. Yeah, and that's exactly. going to have to be enough. And we're going to do the best we can to make sure all of your dreams come true. But if, if anything less is going to be upsetting, then let's look at 2022. <laughs> exactly. And it says that in Italy, you know, much of the country is now open again, although there are capacity restrictions from, you know, shops, bars, restaurants, and even museums. And so a great place to look up details on that is the Italian Tourism Board's website. And that's one resource that I actually, not actually, I don't know why I said actually, that's one resource where I really love checking travel details on is the Destinations Tourism Board Mm -hmm. website. There's so much information on there. And most of the time, more often than not, they are updating it in real time based on whatever is currently out there. So not necessarily like travel restrictions to get in the border, but what the experience will be like once you arrive within the country. But they usually also have all of the current COVID-based restrictions. So I am linking the tourism board most times for my clients to review as well on top Mm -hmm. of everything I'm telling them. Yep. Putting it right in the itinerary builder. That I punch him in the face with it right in there. And I make sure to repeat myself. Here's the link to go check out the latest, but here's what it is right now, Mm -hmm. but it's probably going to change. So continue to check. I say as of today, quite, Mm -hmm. quite frequently. (laughs) Um, We have another article also from travel age West. We find that travel age West has the best discussion articles. (laughs) That's usually the first place we look. (laughs) Um, this one's called updates from the CDC white house points to possible restart of international travel. So this article says this week offered more glimmers of hope for those looking to travel internationally this year with promising updates and announcements coming from both the white house and the CDC. We, we all likely know that recently the CDC had almost every place on earth at a level four warning, do not travel. And now they've backed out or backed down many of them. It sounds like more than 110 back down to a level three, which is (laughs) still not the best. You know, we, (laughs) we encourage our clients to go sign up for the step program and then they get there and they see what the advisories are. And they're like, wait a minute, we can't travel here. Yeah. It's kind of funny because it's just like, oh, we see that Mexico is at level four and it's like, well, it's at level four because of gang violence in certain parts of the country, but not COVID. And they're like, what? Gang violence? So, you know, it's something where I feel like we need to explain well um, to our clients so they don't see the red and orange color and start panicking. Panicking. Exactly. And what I really like reading about in this article is that they've established what criteria they're using to categorize the countries Mm -hmm. within the different levels. So it's not just a random, like, you know what? I love Greece level two, or you know what? (laughs) I, you know, drink too much in Cancun level four, you know, stuff like that. There is, there are numbers they're using in terms of COVID-19 cases to determine what country is at what level. 
Yeah, and let me make a little correction here that they evaluated more than 110 nations, but 61 have been lowered from level four to level three. That includes France, Mexico, Panama, Switzerland, Turkey, and Italy. And then some other places like Anguilla, French Polynesia, Iceland, and Belize. Those ones were actually knocked back to level two. Oh, no, from level two to level one. So sorry. There's so many numbers in this article. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of numbers. <laughs> but I mean, it actually was making it kind of easy to explain to clients like this place is level four. Well, so is everywhere else on Earth. Mm-hmm. Now they're updating the criteria, as you mentioned. And they are lowering the number of COVID-19 cases a country must have to receive a level four rating, um, which is great. And as countries continue to control the cases, then those numbers will be lowered. But just like you said, these numbers aren't just based on COVID. There's a lot of other factors. It just seemed like all of a sudden they knocked everyone into level four because of COVID. And the article states that there has been no change to the restrictions currently in place for those arriving in the U.S. The CDC did adjust the U.S.'s rating to level three from level four. So we were at a level four. exactly. I mean, (laughs) so when your clients are like, I don't want to go there because they were at a level four. It's like, listen, you are living in a level four right now. Yep. I'm interested to see if and when the testing requirement to enter the U.S. might be lifted. Keeps feeling like it might be soon, but. Yeah, I I really think that, I mean, I don't even know if my opinion matters here, but <laughs> I want the vaccination requirement back in the U.S. to be lifted, especially like if you have been vaccinated or that right. you've been tested like in destination. Pro- you know, there are so many ways around not having to test to get back because a lot of times One of the difficult things for our clients is finding a place to get tested Mm -hmm. in destination. So for places like the all-inclusive resorts in Mexico and the Caribbean, they've made it relatively easy. But, you know, if you're headed over to Europe, it's going to be a bit of a hassle to have to find places that will offer the COVID test. And we don't know what the infrastructure looks like. Yeah. Uh, Part of what was... I had several different factors determining my decision whether to go on a celestial cruise in Greece. One of them was, even though I'm vaccinated, getting to Greece, and then you had to have a PCR test within 72 hours, I think. I was like, is that readily available in Athens? And as it turns out, they have it at the port, which is excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you have so many working parts to figure out how to get someplace. Sometimes, like for me, it caused analysis paralysis. I wouldn't have had that issue with a client, but of course we're always our own worst clients. Right, right. And ultimately I ended up deciding to just put that on ice for a second because I have some other major things happening. That was one of the factors, definitely not the determining factor, but it it is an issue and us helping our clients navigate this Sometimes it just feels overwhelming. That's why right now Mexico and Dominican Republic are so easy to sell because you don't need a test to get in. So that's one thing off the list. (laughs) Most resorts are offering testing on site. So that's another thing off the list. But at any rate, so there's no change there, but hopefully we will see that evolve. 
but I'm happy to see that we are making progress towards creating, I don't want to say criteria again, but creating like a chart or standards. Yes. Creating standards, which is what we had been talking about before. It's like, what are we basing these decisions on? Consistency. Yes. And so with this being in place, I'm like, okay, at least we know what they're looking at to make these determinations. A hundred percent. All right. Are we ready for some headlines? Oh yeah. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, Portugal reopened to travelers from the United States with proof of a negative COVID-19 test on June 15th. Another article from them says that the European Union on Wednesday voted to add the United States to its safe travel list, which would make it easier for Americans to take vacation in one of the 27 member states. A headline from Travel Weekly reads, Disneyland lifts COVID restrictions, reopens to out-of-staters. Another one from them says that Royal Caribbean has postponed the Odyssey of the Seas debut until July 31st because eight crew members tested positive for coronavirus. Travel Pulse reports that American Queen Steamboat Company's American Empress kicked off its Pacific Northwest season on June 14th round trip from Portland with its entire roster of passengers and crew fully vaccinated. Another one from them says that 12 countries are using the EU's digital COVID certificate and 16 more are ready to go. The European Commission approved the launch of this new digital vaccination verification tool back in May to harmonize COVID-19 entry regulations with the 27 nation bloc, thereby facilitating travel and supporting freer movement across the continent at a time that's critical for the tourism sector. According to Travel Agent Central, Charisma Hotels and Resorts in Margaritaville have announced plans to launch their newest boutique hotel collection, Saint Somewhere. The first St. Summer Resort is slated to launch in fall 2021 in Punta Coco Beach on Isla Hobosh, with additional properties to be announced at a later date. Designed to appeal to both couples and families, St. Summer will encompass the laid-back, escapist lifestyle that guests of Margaritaville can expect with yacht-inspired architecture. They also report that all U.S. airlines have resumed nonstop service to Costa Rica. Beginning next month, Through August, Frontier Airlines will introduce its service to Costa Rica with two weekly flights on Mondays and Fridays from Miami and two weekly flights on Wednesdays and Fridays from Orlando. In September, Frontier will increase service from these cities to five weekly flights. And we'll finish up with exciting news from afar. Ireland will open to vaccinated travelers on July 19th. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the tin lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments, or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tin lounge.com. And we really do love seeing your messages yes, we and do. we're getting your emails. Um, thank you so much for all your wonderful feedback. And we will see you next week. Bye.